1: Welcome back to the Guys in Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I've got Rob on the phone. We're recording on this snowy Sunday, so hopefully everyone's staying safe and warm, and hopefully not too sad, because yesterday was no good, very bad, and we're here to talk about how uh, upset we are at everything. Rob, how are you doing besides the obvious uh, sadness that you're feeling?
0: (laughs) uh otherwise good like you said it's snowing it's pretty out um I'm definitely sad I think tech exposed some flaws in our game and I just hate losing to tech and anything I just hate it um but I think I think we'll get over this I think we have a good discussion coming up I think we got some good points to hit on but uh we'll be sure to get through all of the game and you know how we've been doing really since conference play started, since that Gonzaga loss.
1: Yeah, and, and to put everything in perspective, we are still at the top of the ACC right now. We uh, we are 7-1, and one, and uh, we just lost to, you know, I've been saying Tech is a pretender all year, and I don't know if that's true anymore, so I guess we'll talk about that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm excited to talk about it, but first we want to talk about our sponsor, Bet online. The wait is finally over. Football playoffs are here, and actually, the Super Bowl is next week. And the NBA is in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads, and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair. That's A R M C H A I R to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online. So the the thing I want to start off with, Rob, is y- y- we were feeling pretty good. I was feeling pretty good at halftime of the Tech game on Saturday. And for those who don't know, and maybe out of the loop, you're lucky because you just missed a, an awful performance from the UVA offense on Saturday. We lost sixty-five to fifty-one to our rivals down south, the Tech Hokies. And Rob, I just want your, like, kind of how you were feeling at halftime and then as we slowly start to piss away our lead, how you felt.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you were kind enough to have us over to watch the game. Uh, So, yeah, we were definitely talking about it. I mean, Tech always feels uneasy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, playing in Blacksburg especially, I feel like pretty much every game in Blacksburg comes down to the wire um and this one kind of did until the last eight minutes when tech <laughs> pulled away um no i mean but you were feeling as good as really you could have you know tech was playing tough but at the same time virginia held them to 21 points at halftime uva was struggling offensively but they were getting bailed out by some late shot clock threes by Hay clark and trey murphy and even jay huff um so you knew, you know, you kind of had this feeling Tech was going to come back and make it close because that's how things always go uh, in Blacksburg. But, you know, certainly didn't see them outscoring us 44 to 22 in the second half. So, you know, I guess the best way to say it is you can kind of feel things were going to get close, things were going to get tight. But, you know, didn't really feel kind of this second half onslaught from Tech um that doubled us up in the second half was coming. Um Does that kind of compare with how you felt, I guess, after the
1: first half? Yeah, it was just frustrating because I felt like we were playing good defense. You know, Aluma was really taking advantage of the the mismatch between because, you know, we couldn't really guard. Jay Huff wasn't doing a great job guarding him because he made two threes. And so Jay decided to push out a little bit, but then Aluma would just drive right by him. And we don't really have that. You know, in the past, we've had that uh, four forward who is able to block shots or at least defend really well, like Isaiah, thing of Mamadi. But now we have Hauser, who is a really good basketball player, really improved this season, as we talked about last week. But he is definitely not a Mamadi Diakite Diaquite on defense. And so, where Jay Huff is really on his own when guarding. Bigs like that, and so I think it's tough for him. Uh, Hauser wasn't able to guard him. They tried that in the second half; it wasn't working, and so he he was getting his own in the first half. But I felt like otherwise we did a really good job of containing the rest of that team. They weren't shooting well f- from outside. Uh, I I felt like you know we were getting bailed out by some shots, but I f- I was just hoping in the second half we'd come out with something you know a little bit better to get inside a little bit more. And for the first 12 minutes, you know, we were still, well, really for the first like, uh, I must say 10 minutes, we were doing okay. And then we just started letting them get back in it. And then Tech tied it up with about seven and a half minutes to go. And then they just outscored us. They scored uh, 19 straight points until with one minute, 13 seconds left when Justin McCoy made his little uh, jump shot. So it was just unfortunate and i feel like this isn't on the defense but more so on the offense for just taking a break today yesterday
0: you know it never really seemed like we had everything figured out offensively and you know so much is being made of kind of the turnaround since gonzaga you know virginia had won seven in a row um all in conference games albeit against probably the lower end of the conference for the majority of those games but so much had been made about this team and a lot of it had to do with, um, you know, the offensive turnaround adjustments were made and mm-hmm. this team was more efficient. They were moving the ball better. They were hitting more of their shots. Um, but this is, you know, I feel like we've said this each of the past couple of years, but it is a unique offensive team in the sense that the offense comes from the bigs, but it doesn't come from the bigs in the pain. It comes from the bigs shooting and, You know, when you have a night where the ball isn't really moving as well, it's not touching the paint, um, you're not getting those post touches, and the bigs are struggling to get looks on the outside, you know, so then you turn to your guards, a Kihei Clark and a Reese Beekman, you know, can they get in the paint and score? Um, And, you know, that's not really the strength of either of those two players. So you get kind of in this dilemma where if shots aren't falling, how do you score? And it's a dilemma that other UVA teams have faced, but it's certainly probably the first time we've seen this team struggle with it so much this year. Um, and, you know, its I don't really know what the solution is. Tony Bennett called it a bit too finesse, was his word. And I'm sure they'll work to improve that. But I think at the same time, you know, as just a broad stroke, this team needs to figure out how to be better um, and not solely relying on threes from Huff hauser and murphy
1: you know i feel like it's almost a physicality issue and not saying that this team isn't physical there's definitely times where they've been able to you know bang down low but this team is definitely made up of smaller guys and you, you know you're looking at jay huff who is tall but not very wide you're looking at sam hauser who is a really great shooter but not necessarily you know uh wanted to bang down low with the big fellas trey murphy once again tall and skinny kihei clark undersized reese beekman a freshman body you know he could fill out a little bit but at this point he's a pretty small scrawny two guard and so this team is not really built for playing tough right at this point and I think that's what Tony was kind of alluding to when he said finessey you know he's like they're trying to escape and get around the these players but you know Tech's got a team where they're made they're pretty scrappy honestly they're made up of they've got some good transfers coming in of course Aluma was a transfer and mike young is doing a heck of a job turning this program around to where um he's got them believing that they can really beat anyone and we've seen that this year they've already beat villanova they've beat a duke team that you know in the end of the year could turn out to be pretty good but right now kind of sucks and they've beat us and you know of course we think that we're a pretty good team i i think that if we're gonna if we're gonna play finesse we're going to need to pass it a lot better and get at least touches inside play a little inside out i I think jay had a really good matchup yesterday i know Illuma is a little bit uh maybe stronger than him but he's got some height advantage uh we didn't we weren't lobbing it up like we were against syracuse and i know playing a zone versus man is super different but i feel like there's a huge mismatch with our athleticism in Trey Murphy and Jay Huff that we weren't taking advantage of. And I'm not sure what changed between Syracuse and uh, Virginia Tech, but I hope that by Wednesday we can get it back because I really, I, I do believe in this team, but that offense looked like they reverted back to the Gonzaga where, you know, from 8-29, Jay made a shot, and then we didn't make another one until... We didn't score another point until one thirteen, so it wasn't that we didn't like we didn't get a foul. We didn't do anything. We were missing shots. Kihei was getting blocked at the rim. Kihei like had several just like hit the bottom of the rim, which was super weird. Uh, Trey Murphy couldn't hit anything. Sam Hauser couldn't hit anything, and we just seemed content to take uh, jump shots or uh, you know diving layups at the last second, which was how it felt against Gonzaga. Mm-hmm.
0: and i i do want to bring this back to jay huff because i know you know before we kicked off this podcast you and i had talked about wanting to talk about jay huff specifically and yeah you know you talk about his game offensively you know he was pretty good mm-hmm. um only 23 minutes because of foul trouble which we can kind of get into but you know in those 23 minutes he was five or seven overall shooting three for three from three um four rebounds a couple of turnovers though but you know he was doing pretty well offensively. You know, he hit his three outside shots. um, You know, certainly wasn't the problem when he was on the floor. The problem was when he wasn't on the floor. Mm. um, And those four fouls caused him to be a bit more hesitant towards the end. Um, I don't know if that really would have mattered. It got out of hand there for a while. Um, But yeah, I mean, Jay Huff only playing 23 minutes. We really need to Jay Huff. We need to have Jay Huff play, you know, closer to... I'd I'd say closer to 30 minutes. Um, ideally, on the season, he is averaging um, 27 or sorry, 24 minutes a game. I think we need to increase that because he is such an important part of this team. You know, for so many reasons, he's obviously the five, the big man, tallest guy on the floor. Um, but he really is our inside presence. If we want to have one, it's going to be through Jay Huff. And you know, with Caden Shedrick out for a while, um, still not sure why. Uh, but with him out you know Francisco Cafaro's our other big man and he just you know hasn't hasn't delivered the way maybe we would have liked him to off the bench this season had a pretty rough game yesterday I think he had three fouls in four minutes um, and two turnovers
1: and two turnovers as well yeah in four minutes
0: <laughs> so you you know you have that you have McCoy who you know played a little bit yesterday but really is more of a four than a five you know our, our inside scoring, if we want to have it, runs through Jay Huff, and when Jay Huff's not on the floor, it presents problems for us.
1: Yeah, there's only been a couple times this season where Jay's really been in foul trouble. Uh, one was against Gonzaga, which, of course, we lost uh, badly. One was against Notre Dame the first time, which was uh, super close. Uh, one was against Boston College, which was also pretty close until the very end. And then one, the other one was against Notre Dame again, and that one wasn't as close, but we still won by we won by twelve, but felt like um it was like we were a little more controlled than the first time and of course, it was yesterday against tech uh even with his limited minutes and foul trouble, Jay Huff still led the team in points. he had four rebounds, one assist one block one steal, and two turnovers. He was perfect from three made three shots from deep and he was five of seven from the field. like it's just frustrating because like he didn't play badly he just wasn't playing as much and i i feel like we just need him to play more he's only you you said you want to increase his minutes he's only gone over 30 minutes in three games this season one was against kent state where he it was overtime and he got 18 points that was tied his season high or i think or his career like high previous high yeah, previous yeah he increased high. it later yeah um he played 30 minutes against Georgia Tech which was a really close game the whole time and uh he played 32 minutes against Syracuse which wasn't close and felt like a really good chance for him to show what he was made of you know he was shooting really well in that game he made he only took one shot from deep but he made eight of eleven shots four four from the line twelve rebounds overall just a really solid game against the orange. Uh in all of the ACC games he's scored in double figures and I I I'm just I think what I'm trying to say is he just needs more touches. Like we need to get it to him inside more. He is a mismatch. His footwork is really good. He's a good passer as well. I really think we need to play inside out more and we just didn't do that against Tech. And it's just frustrating because I we could have, and we've shown that we can do that, and we just did not.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were up eight points at halftime. You know, I think the lead swelled to 10 at one point. Um, and then things really spiraled out of control. And, you know, I, I always think the best solution for that is having guards that can get to the rim. Um, that's one of the reasons, like, still several years later, I was still so fond of Malcolm Brogdon because it seemed like, Every time things would get away from us, Brogdon was able to get to the rim and kind of slow down the other team's momentum um, mm-hmm. through his physicality and also that he was just an amazing player. His NBA teams are well realized by now. Um, and it's just not, there's not really a solution like that on this year's team. I think coming into the season, um, I was hopeful Trey Murphy would be able to get to the rim a little bit more. He really hasn't been able to. Uh, a really effective player, but he's just not a take it to the rim type of guy. Um, you know, I think our best player at getting inside is probably still hay Clark, although, you know, with his size, it does present problems. And, you know, the one guy I wish, uh, you know, was able to do a bit more of that, just a lot of it due to his physical profile, is Casey Morcell. You know, Casey mm-hmm. Morcell plays 25 minutes yesterday, but two of seven from the field over four from three. You know, I feel like having physical guard that can get inside in times like that when the game is really kind of slipping away could do you a world of good and this team really just doesn't have it And really just doesn't have an inside presence um to speak of when jay huff uh isn't able to provide that
1: you know you mentioned casey and i do want to say he has been playing a lot better recently he's been shooting the ball more confidently um he's only shooting uh 30% 30% from three this season, but that's a lot better than he was last year. He's, I <laughs> yeah. feel like uh, he's playing. Uh, he's still playing defense really well, getting some rebounds. I feel like Casey's playing a lot better, but I do agree. I wish, and you know, yesterday wasn't a good day for him, as you already said, but I feel like this year he's taken a big step and he could become that Malcolm Brogdon physical kind of guard that everyone really thought he could be coming in, but he's just not there yet. Um one other player I want to mention that we haven't really talked about yet is Sam Hauser and I know I know earlier I I said Jay Huff is really the key to this team I think but as I've been saying all year as Sam Hauser goes um the who's will go as well and so when Sam Hauser has a bad game kind of like yesterday uh we don't do well so yesterday Hauser was 4 of 10 from the field 2 of 7 from three he had five rebounds one assist one steal three fouls and only 10 points uh in each game we've lost this season sam hauser has scored 10 points so we need him to not score 10 points ever again uh he can score less he can score more no matter it doesn't matter just not 10 we have he has scored 10 in san francisco scored 10 against gonzaga and he scored 10 against tech so uh we're over three when sam hauser scores 10 which I, I think is funny, but not a good sign. And in those three games, Sam Hauser is 2 of 14 from 3, and he has, um, you know, he shoots worse, and he fouls more. Um, Rob, do you do you agree? Like, how do you want to distinguish between, like, most important or, like, most key? Because I think both Jay Huff and Sam Hauser are really important to this team, but which one do you think, you know, dictates the way the game goes more?
0: I think it's got to be Jay Hoff. And, you know, with Hauser, we've seen him, you know, he came in as a shooter. He's playing a bit of a different role than I think I anticipated. Maybe he anticipated as more of a true four in our lineup. But, you know, he's still leading the team in scoring uh, 14.6 points per game. Um, his three point shooting has really improved the past couple of days. Uh, Virginia tech, notwithstanding, he's at 42% on the season, um, on 81 attempts. Trey Murphy has the next most attempts at 68. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, in the games where we score a lot of points, Hauser is going to score a lot of points, mm-hmm. but I think Jay Huff is the most important player on this team. And it's more so because he's kind of the only player that can fill his type of role. And, you know, like we touched on earlier, um, you know, Kaparo hasn't been playing great this season. Uh Shedrick has been out for going on a month now for undisclosed reasons. If he is even able to come back this season, I would expect him to have less of a role than he did even at the beginning of the season just due to taking a month off. Um so, you know, I think it's more so Jay Huff because He's really the only big man we have. And like you said, he does have such a good skill set. He can obviously shoot the ball. Like you said, he's really turned into a pretty good passer, especially when they run this triangle offense. They get the ball to him at the top of the key, and he's able to distribute it pretty well. Um, you know, the offense just doesn't look the same when he's not on the floor. And, you know, we really have to have Jay Huff on there to be the most effective team we can be. So I'd go with Jay Huff. What do you say?
1: I, I'm torn because Jay Huff, I think, is our most important player. But I think Sam Hauser if he doesn't play well, we don't win. Uh, in our three losses this year, I've got some stats for you. In our three losses this year, Sam Hauser has been shooting only 37.5% from the field. And uh, he's only, as I said earlier, made two of 14 from three in our three losses, which is about 14% uh he has less than average rebounds uh he he averages about 7 rebounds a game in our three losses he's had 6 5 and 5 uh kind of in the order that they were played so 6 against San Francisco 5 against Gonzaga 5 against Tech uh he doesn't pass the ball very well in our losses he had zero since a zero assists against San Francisco one assist against Gonzaga one assist against Tech uh i just feel like when he is off when he's not shooting as well as he usually does or as he can or when he is not passing or doing other things well like rebounding you know we don't play well even in in our close games against you know georgia tech uh you know hauser had 22 points we won that game uh in the close games against notre dame wake and bc he had double digit rebounds and uh also, you know, he didn't shoot great from 3 in those games either. He was um uh 6 of 20 in those three games that we had in early January and late December. But he's he was still doing other things as well. He had, you know, uh, eight rebound or eight assists during that time and as I said, double digit rebounds all three of those games. I think, you know, if he's engaged and he's involving other teammates and he is attacking instead of being more passive, I think our team does a lot better. And I think Jay Huff is our best player at this point. I think Sam Hauser is probably the most important.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Both these guys are in the front court. Like right. you said, or like we've said, this team is centered on the front court. And, you know, we go from last year for a team where scoring was really dependent on the front court when it was Mamadi and Jay. Um, I think we've seen Jay increase his skills, that better shooter this year. Um, or at least more willing to take the shot at the very minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, you add, uh, Trey Murphy, who's playing the three role. You have Hauser, you know, it's a different, different type of team, but we're still driving this offense through the front court. So, you know, it's, it's just different. And, you know, I, when I think about traditional Tony Bennett teams, I think, you know, the Malcolm Brogdon, Lenin Parentes duo, I think, you know, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, like I feel like we are, at least I feel like when I think of UVA, like it's the guards driving the show Mm -hmm. and this year it's just different just as it was last year, different kind of different. Uh, But I still think Tony Bennett is figuring this out and we've seen a lot of uh, improvements from the offense and, you know, they won seven straight games against one of them, you know, a Clemson team that I think, which probably maybe a bit of food, full school, as Tony Bennett likes to say. Yeah. Um, when we played them, they've really struggled, including a really bad loss to Duke yesterday. Um, but one win against the Georgia Tech team that you know looks like they're doing pretty good. I think that was a hard win for us, and probably a better win for us than even we thought at the time. So, you know, all that to say, we're still coming together, and this team is still evolving. You know, we normally have a much longer non-conference schedule to work things out. Um, so. You know, still disappointed in what we're seeing, but it's also, you know, still kind of a work in progress, I think, was the biggest thing that Tech showed this whole team and this whole season, really.
1: Yeah, I think I like what you said about, you know, still working towards it and, you know, some of our wins being fool's gold as well. You know, our best win this season, like what I mean, what do you what do you think is our best win so far? If we look at our wins, like we've beaten Notre Dame twice. We beat Clemson when they were ranked number twelve, but as you said, that's probably no good. Like Syracuse is not that good this year. Uh, we just haven't played really good teams, and the one really good team we did play, Gonzaga, we got uh run out of the building. And the other two teams that we were supposed to play, who were good, Michigan State and Villanova, we didn't end up playing because of COVID. So I think Tech has been the first like really like pretty good team that we've played since gonzaga and not to take anything away from notre dame and boston college and wake forest but i think they're just not at a very high level right now you know they're all still pretty much at the bottom boston college is at the bottom wake forest and notre dame are uh, in the 13th and 12th positions right now uh, only in front of miami and of course syracuse is right down there in the bottom as well along with clemson is now in the bottom half of the acc standings after being ranked not too long ago, it's just, you know, we haven't played most of the teams in the top half yet. We have yet to play Florida State. We have yet to play uh, Duke or Carolina or Louisville. We have, we've played Georgia Tech. We have not played Pitt yet. And we have to play Virginia Tech again. So the back half of our schedule is going to be super tough. If, you know, if we play like that against one of the better teams in the ACC.
0: Yeah, no question. I mean, the the back half of the schedule is definitely uh, harder, for yeah. lack of a better word, than the first half. Yeah. Like, it's really just that simple. Um, I'm glad we we had our first half of the schedule when we did because I think it did help us iron some things out. And mm-hmm. you know, if history is any lesson for us, it's that Tony Bennett coached teams normally come out uh, motivated and improved after bad losses. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Tech game. I mean, it wasn't a bad loss until really the final 10, eight minutes, whatever you want to call it of the game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the world isn't ending. I, I think, you know, like you said, we're still first in the ACC. Virginia Tech is a half game behind us. Florida State is a full game behind us. You know, we still kind of are in the driver's seat, but the road's going to be tougher than we thought. You know, this team was certainly exposed, um, defensively a bit, but I would say offensively even more against Virginia Tech. So, they certainly have to buckle it up. You know, it's it's funny how, like, it's it's tough for this team to get too high at times. You know, we come in with all the expectations from the first game, and then second game we lose. You know, the Gonzaga game was definitely a disappointment. And, you know, just watching college basketball all day, Saturday being yesterday, um, you know, people were high on Virginia. They're like, yeah, like, Virginia is kind of back. People have forgotten about them, but, you know, they still have a shot at the Final Four. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, we lose by however much we lost by against Virginia Tech. So this season is still kind of swinging. Um, but you know, the sky's not falling. We'll, we'll just have to get back to it. And, you know, I think the thing we've said the whole time is that the ceiling is always going to be there. And we've seen flashes of it this season as far as, you know, being effective shooting. I mean, heck, Syracuse, 81 points. Uh, Clemson eighty five points hundred and eighty Dame eighty. You know this is a team that can score when they're firing. Mm-hmm. Um, we just didn't see that team last night.
1: Yeah, this is this is kind of a team. You know, thinking back to the two thousand sixteen two thousand seventeen team that unfortunately lost to UMBC in the uh, NCAA tournament. This is kind of a team that's going to live by the three and die by the three. So if we're hitting threes. We're going to be okay. And we were th- hitting threes in the first half, not playing great, but still hitting those tough, some really tough threes. And uh, it caught up to us in the end. We only actually shot 35% from the uh, three from the game, which, you know, is not bad, all things considered. But when you shoot 36% from the field for the whole game, uh, that's not good. And so we're going to need to step up our offense and. Hopefully, we can turn around against NC State. We do want to get into some good news as well in terms of recruiting, but first, I do want to talk about our sponsor, Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is almost over with the Super Bowl happening next week and the NBA is fully back you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online head to bet online today and use promo code armchair to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses bet online your online sportsbook experts all right, Rob, before we get into some good news, any last words you want to say on the Tech game? Uh, any last grievance, grievances or or things you just want to you know shout into the wind before we move on to some good news?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I think we covered it. I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, the sky is not falling. Um, we just got to learn from what happened yesterday. And, you know... I think part of what makes it so difficult is just it being Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, you know, at least in the games in Blacksburg, always seems to come to play. Um, and, you know, I think part of it is the rivalry. I think part of it is we're typically the higher-ranked team, so they're mm-hmm. coming out, you know, ready to give us their all. And, you know, I'll admit, I've been really impressed by Mike Young this year. Uh, wasn't totally uh, sure how that hire was going to work out after Buzz left. Um But I think so far it looks like it's worked out very well for them. So, you know, this team can improve. There's still kind of a decent way to go, at least a month and a half until we hit March Madness. So um, frustrating, but the sky certainly isn't falling.
1: Yeah, I I kind of agree. I do want to say that, you know, I was not happy yesterday, but the ACC network showed a, a clip of the stands with the, the fans moving on like some sort of weird engineering thing. Uh, the cardboard <laughs> cutout fans, yeah. which I actually think is pretty cool. So, I mean, if you're going to be an engineering school, you might as well put it to good use. And so someone, some student decided to put the cardboard fans on a little, like, I, I guess like a wrote like a, some sort of machine that pushes them back and forth makes them move. And uh, it actually was pretty cool. So I thought that was nice. But I still hate them, and I wish we had won. That's all I have to say. Now let's move on to some good news. Can't say it any
0: better. them. wish
1: uh, we would have won. Let's move on to some good news. Also yesterday, uh, before the game at around noon, or I think it was 2, actually, we get a uh, – bas- Virginia basketball gets some good news. Four-star recruit Isaac McNeely uh, joined – Virginia's recruiting class for next year. Rob, what do you what do you make of this uh, recruit? And what do you think of the commitment?
0: Well, it's exciting. It, it's actually for two years. He's our first 2022 commitment. So we're still,
1: oh, that's you know, right. call
0: it 18 months away from actually seeing him in a Virginia uniform. Um, but it's exciting. Listen, I mean, this was Tony Bennett's, you know, probably his top target top priority in the class of 2022 Mm -hmm. um according to 24 7 uh composite rankings he's the 51st best player in the class which you know we'll we'll sometimes sneak in the 30s with players but you know that's it's pretty good ceiling um you know getting number 51 overall prospect um you know he's gonna slide in he's probably gonna play a two three guard role he's six foot four um you know, the easiest comparisons are Joe Harris and Kyle Guy, as far as being a really strong shooter. Um, you know, I see more Joe Harris than Kyle Guy in his game. But, you know, regardless, two very, very good players. Um, and, you know, for our all intents and purposes, you kind of, you know, might, depending on what happens, you know, we're 18 months away from him actually enrolling. But, you know, looking at our roster, or what's there going you know, to, What could be there in 22, 23, you know, our kind of shooting guard spots are all filled out. You know, that roster, Casey Morsell would be a senior, McCorkle a junior. We have Tate Murray, who's coming in next year, um, would be a sophomore and Isaac McNeely, a freshman. Um, All spaced out, which is nice. But, you know, I think it can be really interesting to follow now because we have four spots available to fill in that class, two of which could be filled um and 21 as well you know two open scholarships for the class of 2021 still so it it certainly brings an eye to recruiting which i think is going to get pretty crazy when the season ends
1: yeah and i i like what you said about joe harris you know he kind of looks more like joe harris he's definitely built bigger he's he's taller than kyle was but i think he's more athletic than Joe kind of in the similar sense of Kyle. So we've kind of got like this nice mesh of a really good shooter along with some athleticism as well. He can create his own shot and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, him in a Virginia uniform. I think he's going to be a great guard, you know, another guard that can create their own shot. Something we don't really have a lot of right now. You know, we've seen Casey do it a little bit, but it's not really consistent. I'm really excited to see Isaac McNeely uh in his kind of own own role and, and see what he can do. And you know, he's gonna be playing with, you know, hopefully, you know, Reese Beekman, uh Jabri Abdul Raheem, Carson McCorkle, of course, Tane Murray as well, will be uh, a recruit for next year, uh twenty twenty two uh And uh the seniors that year are poised to be Casey Morcel, Justin McCoy and Francisco Cafaro. So this should be an interesting team. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get some more development out of Jabri and Caden as well to kind of get there. But I think Isaac McNeely will definitely find some time right off the bat just based off what he can do.
0: Yeah, I mean, he definitely has that potential. Um, One thing I'd be remiss if I didn't say, I think this has been pretty well documented by now, but I really just think it's funny. He's from Poco, West Virginia, and the high school mascot is the Dots. So Poco <laughs> Dots. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, and, you know, I think what's really going to happen here is it's really going to bring to light, you know, what are the needs for this team moving forward. And I think some of which we kind of already talked about earlier in this episode being that, you know, we don't really have the best options behind Jay Huff right now um, in the front court. So we look at what's the projected front court next year with Jay Huff um, presumably moving on to what we hope is the NBA. But you have Cafaro and Shedrick playing that kind of five spot at center. And then as more of a power forward, you have Justin McCoy. Um, but that's kind of it. So, you know, looking ahead, and of course, those guys only get older a year later, um, moving into 22-23 when McNeely would join the team. So you know, there's still two spots left available for 2021 and I'm sure one, at least they'll hold out. You know, you never know what's going to happen with Trevor Keels. Um, you know, presumably the longer that goes on, the better for UBA, although certainly not holding my breath there. Um, but they're going to have to add, I think at least one player in the front court for next season to help build out that depth. Um, so, you know, I'd imagine they'd go pretty hard after a transfer. Um, you know, I'm sure someone with immediate eligibility, whether that's a grad transfer or an underclassman, if the new rule passes, giving the one time transfer. So um, it's going to be very intriguing. And I would imagine we're pretty much done for recruiting, um, you know, during the season over the next, call it month and a half, two months, if we're lucky. But as soon as the season ends, it's going to be full force, you know, trying to add players um, to fill at least one of these 21 spots, if not both of them.
1: Yeah, so it should be interesting. I I don't know, you know, what they're going to be doing, but I assume that, as you said, we're going to go after some transfers. So that should be um, pretty funny. And the good thing is about Isaac McNeely is that he has already been playing the... um, pack line defense at his high school they actually run the same uh system as uva and so this is from locker room access and uh who's got next but you know it looks like he he's gonna be able to fit right into this virginia team so i'm really excited to see him start i'm really excited to see him get here and uh i i look forward to seeing where the recruiting goes next you know it looks like we're probably gonna need some some bigs in that class as well maybe a point guard as well. So it'll be fun to watch over the next couple of months and, and next year as well to see who we, who we can get from there.
0: Definitely. And, you know, mentioning the pack line, um, I believe it's their coach has come to several of Virginia's practices. Yeah. And learned you know, how to implement the pack line from the Virginia staff. I'm sure that'll be still a transition for, um, you know, McNeely as he comes to Virginia playing it at a faster pace at a higher level, but certainly that background can't hurt, especially when we see kind of our freshmen this year um, and Carson McCorkle and Jabri Abdurraheen, you know, both of them kind of not helped out by injuries their senior year of high school, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, playing time doesn't always come immediately to freshmen at Virginia. And really the only exceptions to that are point guards, yeah. um, you know, thinking of Parentes, Beekman, and uh, Kihei Clark. So, uh certainly hopefully will it'll help give him a leg up coming in and hopefully that'll help him compete for more early playing time
1: yeah yeah so it'll be it'll be good to see and hopefully we we can get him going and I think he'll probably step in right away and and be able to to do stuff but of course we all we all know that freshmen that doesn't always happen for you know one reason or another I mean you can look to this season how you know, a lot of people thought Jabriel adur would get a lot of time, but he really has uh, found his place at, on the bench, especially when ACC play started. You know, he's played a little bit in some blowout games, but not a ton. So it'll be good to see uh, if, if uh, McNeely is able to do uh, a little bit more than that. But uh, I guess we'll see. Rob, is there anything else you want to mention about recruiting or if you want to revisit the tech game, I don't, I don't <laughs> but if you want to, we can. Otherwise, I think we've covered everything.
0: Yeah. You know, I think the only thing I'd add recruiting wise, which actually isn't basketball related. Now that I think about it really isn't even recruiting related, oh. but our uh, first year football uh, players, the six early enrollees, they came to grounds yesterday. Uh, mm. Also when my youngest brother also returned to EVA for school, nice. uh, but uh Yeah, so early enrollees being uh, running back Ahmad Faust and quarterback Jacob Rodriguez, corner Javin Burke, uh, linebackers Lex Long and James Jackson, and then our uh, formerly highest rated player before we got the last second D-line commitment, uh, Logan Taylor. So those six players are on grounds and will be participating in spring practice for UVA this year, which I think is exciting. So um, football always moves
1: yeah <laughs> I'm ready
0: with it. so, uh, yeah, but otherwise, aside from that little aside, we're still in full basketball mode, so
1: yeah, we to move forward full full basketball mode, and moving forward, looking ahead, we've got a game against n c state on the third, which is a Wednesday. It's gonna be a nine o'clock game on a c c network, so you know where to get the best announcers for that game, and uh n c state has been struggling. As of late, they did just beat Wake Forest on uh, a couple days ago, but they have before that they had lost to UNC, Florida State, Miami, and Clemson uh, in the ACC. So they've had a rough go of things over the last five games, but you know, hopefully, I, I think there'll be a, a good test for us. It'll be nice to hopefully bounce be able to bounce back, and I'm looking forward to playing them and just you know getting the monkey off our back from this game just trying to get our offense back in a nice rhythm will be good
0: yeah you know the hope is like you said that they can um seven and five ninth in the acc um you know certainly not a team uh, as with any team in the acc certainly not a team you can kind of overlook um but you know we're also not playing florida state or louisville so hopefully Mm -hmm. this is a team where we can see a nice bounce back performance before um Gearing up for next weekend.
1: Yes, yes. That sounds good. And with that, I think we're pretty much done for today. So thank you so much for listening. This is the Guys and Tice Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Tice Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Guys and Pod. Go ahead and give us a follow on Spotify and iTunes if you like what you hear. And we will see you guys next time we do a podcast. Go who's.